My name is Pastor Paul O'Brien, and I, I serve actually at the, the campus, campus pastor at Park Avenue, but it's so good to, to be with you this morning. And we will be continuing our headline series. We'll be looking at the I Am statements of Jesus in the Gospel of, of um, John leading up to, to Easter. So this morning we are going to be in chapter 6 and um, Jesus' I Am statement there. But the headline over kind of John, one of the things we see if there was a, a headline in that, that day, I don't think they had newspapers then, but the headline, especially in John 1, would have been, who is John and who is this Jesus guy? So if you look at John 1, if you want to turn there, um, John 1, 19, it says this, and this is the testimony of John when the Jews spent, um, sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, who are you? So the, the first um, Jews in that day, they're asking Who's this John guy? He's going out in the wilderness. He has strange clothes on. He's eating honey and locusts. And he's going out and tons of people are following him. So they're like, who is this John guy? And then Jesus, he also has a great crowd following him. And strange things happen around Jesus. People hear stories about, wait, that guy was, he couldn't move. He couldn't walk. He couldn't get up. And then he's he's healed. And so there's a, a headline in that day. People are asking, who is John, who's John, the guy that's baptizing people, and who is this Jesus? And so there was a bunch of anticipation in that day. I mean, think about something recently where there was a lot of anticipation. Some of you uh, may have followed the Asbury revival, and there was a lot of anticipation. Man, God is working. What is God going to do through revival? And you, we heard about different revivals breaking out, different places where people were gathering and praying to the Lord, and singing songs of praise, and there's anticipation. And when there's this anticipation, we ask, what is God going to do? What does God have in this season? And in that day, God's people were in exile. They weren't um, where they wanted to be, right? They were under Roman rule, and so things weren't going the way they wanted to go. But something happened. They see, again, they see John. Like, that guy's different. What is God going to do through John? And then man, not just John, but we have Jesus. What is God going to do through these people? So there's anticipation. People were, were thinking something significant is happening, but they didn't know what. And so that is the headline. That's the, the question that's going on in people's minds. But we see um, in, in John 6, we see the, the anticipation made sense because Jesus did some incredible things. We see um, a big sign, a big miracle that Jesus de- does in um, John 6. So there's um, Jesus with his, his friends, his close disciples, and he sees a great crowd coming. I mean, it probably looked like an army marching because there were so many people. It says in the text that there was 5,000 men. That's, that's a lot of people. 5,000 men, so that means there's probably wives and children. So at least 15,000 people, I would think. And so they're like, man, it, it's time to eat, and all these people haven't ate. What are we going to do? And so Jesus asked one of his disciples, he says, you know, what can we do for, for these people? Of course, he knew what he was going to do, but the disciple says, man, 200 denarii would not be enough to feed all these people. 200 denarii is, a denarii was, um, a, a lay, uh, um, excuse me, it was money uh, for a, a day's labor. So if I labor for a, for a, um, a whole day, that's eight hours, you know, 15 
um, bucks an hour maybe, whatever, if that's the going rate for a, a, a laborer these days, that would be $24,000 to buy these people enough food. So he's like, we don't have the money, we don't have the food, we have um, a couple fish and a couple loaves, what can we do? But we know what happened. Jesus fed the 5,000 men and even the, the women and children, and yet there was food left over. So Jesus does this, and so people are like, I like that guy. Free food and free health care because he's, he's handing out food, he's performing miracles, and he's healing people. So people, what do they do? That guy is doing something significant. That guy is the one to take away Roman rule. And I'm, we want to make him king. And so we see that in uh, chapter 6, verse 15. It says they wanted to take him by force to make him king. And so, again, anticipation. This guy is the one to free us from Roman, our Roman oppressors. And this guy is doing amazing miracles. I want to follow this, this guy. It makes sense that they would want to, want to follow him. But then he, he does some, some things. He says some things that are really um, pretty disturbing. The guy who feeds 5,000 men, the guy who walks on water, says some things that they're like, wait, we want to follow this guy? This guy is doing great things. Apparently, um, he, he seems to be the Messiah, but he says some things that we don't, we don't like. I mean, if we, let's look, go ahead and look at verse 35. And the first, thing, the first thing you can write down if you're taking notes is the seeming insanity of the statement that Jesus gives. The seeming ins- insanity of the statement. Because Jesus says something that just doesn't fit their categories of, of what makes sense. Verse 35 says this. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Now, this is something that, you know, I grew up since I was in my, my mother's stomach um, going to church as a little child. I've heard this statement, and y'all have heard this statement too. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. But that is a crazy-seeming statement. I mean, what, what, what is he saying? If I said something similar... To, to you all, you know, out of the context of you guys knowing the Bible, I'm like, I am the bread of life. You, I, what would you would be like, that guy should not be at church again. That guy's crazy. I, I don't want him to preach again. I don't want him to be at church again. He needs to be in a, a loony bin. That or you just wouldn't take me seriously, right? Jesus says some things in, in the Gospels, in, in this book right here, that are just seem so crazy to, to, to people. He said, we, you guys covered, um, I believe it was two weeks ago, Jesus says, before Abraham was, I am. And, and the people knew what he was referring to. He was referring back to Exodus 3, where God reveals himself to Moses as Yahweh. I am that I am. Jesus is saying, ego imai. He's he's connecting back. He's linking back to Exodus 3. And he's saying, I am. I am exists. I am that I am. And then I am the bread of life. And they're thinking, the bread of life. What what does he mean? So I have this right here. How is Jesus like equal with this thing? And they're like, that doesn't, 
He's connecting back to Exodus 3, and he's saying he's bread. He's like, this guy's cuckoo. If I said something like that, you probably wouldn't want to, um, you, you, might be, you might be upset. You might be like, this guy shouldn't be preaching at Crossroads. He's, he's a little crazy if you didn't know this story again. But you wouldn't, you wouldn't probably take me seriously, right? Like, he's crazy, but people actually took Jesus seriously. So we need to understand the, the context, or the, we really need to understand the seeming insanity of the statement. So if I say, I'm the bread of life, that's one thing, okay? You might be like, this guy seems really off, off, off his rocker. But even if I say something like, I am the best at pickleball, you'd be like, no, no. Have you, have you seen Mark Brun play pickleball? You'd know even that wasn't real, right? If I say, I am the best singer in this group, you guys would know if you've heard me sing. I sit in the front for a purpose because that way you don't have to hear me sing. But you know, that guy's not even, not even the best singer. But if I say, I am, that's a very, very, very big claim. And yet Jesus made these big, seemingly crazy statements. And so C.S. Lewis, if you're familiar with C.S. Lewis, he makes an argument about Jesus. He says Jesus is either, he's one of three things. Jesus is either the Lord of the universe. He's either a lunatic that maybe even thinks he's God, but he's just crazy. Or he's a liar. He's purposely deceiving, deceiving people. In this passage, I think we, we would say, well, if Jesus isn't the Lord, and if he's not a liar, then he seems to be a lunatic because he's saying something that seems very, very crazy. He's not just saying he's the best at something. He's saying he is essential. essential. He is existence itself. He is the bread of life. Again, the, the bread of life. He's equating himself with bread. And so people see this, and they're like, that is very strange. Look at chapter 6, verse 41 through 42. Chapter 6, verse 41 through 42, it says this. So the Jews grumbled about him because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They said, is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How does he now say, I have come down from heaven? And then, Skip on to verse 48. It says, I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness, and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven, and so, so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. The Jews then disputed among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat of the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, I in him, and I in him. Verse 57, as the living blood abides in me and I in him, as the living father sent me and I live because of the father, so whoever feeds on me, he also will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not like the bread of the father, the fathers ate and died. Whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. 
So Jesus said these things in the synagogue as he taught at Capernaum. When the disciples, verse 60, when the disciples, many of the disciples heard this, they said, this is a hard saying, who can listen to it? I feel like that's an understatement. This is a hard saying. Not only is Jesus saying, I am, okay, that's, that's the first part, I am, connecting back to Exodus 3, which is offensive for many people because he's saying, again, he's saying he's one with Yahweh. He's making a very, very radical claim. And then he's saying, I am the bread of life. And then he's saying, eat my flesh. People are like, what? This guy, he's, he's amazing. He's performing miracles. He's doing things like walking in water. He's healing people. But then he's saying things that are just, just so radical that, that people are just confused. Who is this guy? Th- this statement, the things that Jesus said are seemingly insane. If Jesus is not who he is, then this guy is way off his rocker. So people are just really, really confused. Do, do you guys understand that? How, how confused they would be? I mean, things later on in, in verse 53. Um, Truly I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood. Wow! People are just really confused. And so I, I think understanding how, um, how wild it is that Jesus said this. I mean, who says the type of things that he said? And this happened in history. People um, heard Jesus say these things. Some people turned away from him, right? Look at chapter 6, uh, verse 66. After this, many of the disciples turned away turned back, and no longer walked with him. So it's, it's not su- surprising. And so some people didn't follow him because they thought he was loony. But yet, who stuck by Jesus? His disciples. And then the end, we have the Gospel of John. The Gospel of John says, Jesus did, did these things and said these wild things. But yet people continue to follow him. Why? Why did people continue to follow him? We'll, we'll see the answer to that in a minute. But first, I want us to look at the meaning of the statement. So it seems kind of crazy that Jesus would say, say that, but what does he mean? What do you think of first when you think of bread? So bring the bread back out. When you see this amazing loaf of bread, now this is honey wheat. They didn't have honey wheat back in the day. It's probably, honey wheat's my favorite because bread's, in my mind, not very good, but you add some honey, you add some sweetness, it's good. My favorite type of bread is the glazed bread. Um, known as donuts. That's my favorite, especially if you put some Boston cream in there. Mmm, yeah, bread of life right there. Um, but, but what do you think of when you think of, when you think of bread? So get a picture of, of bread. A lot of you might think of, you know, you're going to Kroger's or Walmart or Meyer or wherever you go, and there's just racks and racks of bread. You go and there's literally like a, a whole wall of bread, and you can get whatever kind you want. And then you can go and they have these little stands and they've got artesian bread and Italian bread. And if you go to the freezer section, you can get garlic bread. You just pop in the oven and it's, it's ready to go. It's amazing. There's so much bread. And one of my, my favorite types of bread is you go to Texas Roadhouse and you get that bread and the rolls are just like warm, you know, feel really nice and soft. And then you get the, the butter, cinnamon butter, you put it on. I'm probably going to make cause problems in probably Texas Roadhouse will have more sales after this. But that's, what I, that's my favorite type of bread. I'm not a real big bread fan, 
but you put enough um, butter, cinnamon butter on there, it's real sweet, that's super good. And donuts, that, that's my favorite. So that's what I think of when I think of bread. When Jesus said this, that's not quite what they would have had it in mind, right? They, I don't think they had donuts. But what Jesus is saying is the, the bread is a staple item. Like if you don't have access to bread in that culture, again, it didn't look like this. But what happens if you don't have bread? You die, basically. Like that, that was a staple item. And it, it's amazing. Um, I was looking up um, some information about the, the potato famine in Ireland in the 1800s, the mid-1800s. And some one million people died in Ireland from the potato famine. Another million left Ireland. I'm probably, you know, I'm, O'Brien is my last name. So I'm probably descendants of people that left or some connection there. But one million people died in Ireland from the, the potato famine. Why did so many people die from potatoes getting messed up? Well, there's a lot of things. But one of the things is that was a staple item. That's what people ate to live. If they didn't have the potatoes, if they couldn't eat the potatoes, they would die because that was their diet. Now, in America, we have multiple um, stable, staple items, right? We have bread. We have McDonald's, we have donuts, <laughs> like we have so much staple items. Just like if you go into Kroger's, there's a whole wall of bread. We have so many options. It wasn't like that then, okay? They had um, a much smaller options. So um, Ireland, staple item, potatoes. Um, Palestinian Jews in that time, some sort of bread. Um, my wife is Italian, and so that's like just noodles. Well, noodles and bread, I guess. Um, some cultures, it's rice. Rice, if you don't have rice, you're in bad shape. So actually, Joe Mesh is a, a missionary that we support, a church planner in Nepal. He, he started Dream Church, and he came here from Nepal, and he's used to eating rice all the time, just loves rice. He came here, and he didn't have rice for a number of days. And he started getting sick. Like he went through withdrawal because he didn't have his rice. And so he had to get some rice because that's what they live on there. What Jesus is saying is, if you don't have this, you die. He says, I'm this. You need this, which is saying you need me. Without me, you don't have the staple item and you die. That is what Jesus is saying. It, it does seem crazy because if I say, Without me, you die. You'd be like, no, if you're here and not in jail, I might die because you're crazy. You, you get what it, like, it's, it's so wild that he's saying this. But he's making this claim. He's saying, I am. I have existence. I was there in the beginning. I mean, that's what John, John 1 says, right? In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only son from the father. And Jesus is saying, I'm that one. Before all things existed, I was there. He's saying, you need me. I'm the bread of life. Take of me. And he's saying these things and people weren't getting it. They were, they were thinking he was crazy because if anyone else in all of existence says the things that, that Jesus said, they would be crazy. 
Jesus is the one person that could say these things. And even then, not everybody turned away from him because they were like, this guy's doing some crazy things. Who else could walk on water than the one who made water? Who else could multiply the bread than the one who is the bread of life? And so people are really conflicted. They're like, man, something's going on. But they didn't know at first what it was. And friends, this is a historical document, right? This isn't just fairy tales and myths that someone made up. No, this, this book tells us what really happened. Yahweh, in the form of Jesus, walked among us. And so, you know, if you, you fast forward and you think about, okay, if God became a human, what type of things would he be doing? You know, maybe he could make, make fish multiply. Maybe he could feed 5,000, 15,000, 20,000. Just maybe the one who made all things could do those type of things. And that's what we see in the Gospel of John. Any other story wouldn't make sense of this. You don't see other myths, like you don't see Greek mythology. You don't see these type of things happening. But you see it in the Gospel. So, we've seen the seeming insanity of the statement. People don't say the type of things uh, Jesus said and not think um, he's crazy. We see the meaning of the statement. Hopefully we understand what 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 it means. And then the truth of the statement. Because Jesus is who he says he is, he can do the sorts of things that he said he could do. Look back at... um, Genesis, uh, not Genesis, John 6. John 6, 53. Jesus says this. He says, as we've looked at, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so whoever feeds on me, he will also live because of me. Now this this statement, I think it's still confusing. There's been a lot of confusion about this. Is this, some people like, is this talking about the actual flesh of Jesus? Is this talking about communion, where we take of the the cracker, and we take of the little cup, and we, we drink it? I think it's, um, I don't think it's talking about that. I think what it's saying is we need Jesus. We need his sacrifice on the cross. A- apart from Jesus giving his life, we have no bread. We have no life. And so when we, we take of the bread, okay, I'm actually going to get this back down again. When we eat this, we have sustenance. We have life. Without this, we, we die, especially in that culture. If they don't have their, their pita bread, if they don't have their, that access to that sustenance, they die. And these people knew that, right? One of the reasons they were following Jesus is because he was feeding them. And they knew they needed food. So Pastor Dave um, said that some 77% of people's salary in that day went to food. And so if they, they could get free food, they, they knew they needed food. You die without food. And so we need Jesus that bad. I don't know if any of you have ever been 
really, really hungry, ever craved, ever fasted, ever been really thirsty. There's just this craving that we have. When I get hungry, like after like two hours, I'm just like, I need food. My wife says I get hangry and I change into a different person because we know we need sustenance. But so often we don't know that we need Jesus. We, we don't see it. And so Jesus is trying to give an analogy that every time we eat, we receive, you know what? Not only do I need physical food and physical drink, I need Jesus. I have no life apart from Jesus. I might think I can do it on, on my own. I might think I can be good enough and I can make a way to Jesus. But he's saying, no, I have provided the way, the only way. There is life, there is sustenance, there is satisfaction in Jesus alone. And so every time people would break the bread and eat it, people that heard Jesus say this, you're like, maybe there was something significant to Jesus. I'm eating this bread, but he multiplied bread. And he says he, he was the bread. And so I think that probably stuck with people. And they're like, man, there was something significant about Jesus. So I have a proposal for us. As we go to Texas Roadhouse later today, <laughs> No, but as we eat bread, friends, as we eat food and are sustained by food, you know, it it sticks with me that Jesus, God in flesh, when he would break bread and he would give thanks, he would say, "Thank, thank you, God, for this food or something along those lines. So when we eat of the earthly bread, when we eat the food that God gives us, whether it's donuts or... um cinnamon, butter, biscuits, or whatever it is, let's break it and let's remember the real sustenance that we need. Let's break it knowing that we really need Jesus. And even the the bread we have is just a picture to the bigger need that we have for real life. So friends, Jesus is no lunatic, right? He is no lunatic. He is the Lord. And he's not a liar. Jesus said the type of things that he said, which, again, many people thought, this is a hard saying, I don't want to follow this guy. But you know what? You know who followed Jesus even after they stopped following him? His disciples even turned away. They turned away. Maybe they thought, maybe, you know, he died. Maybe after all, he is a lunatic. Maybe after all, he is a liar. But you know when they followed him again? When they saw that he was the Lord. Because, friends, Jesus is no liar. He's no lunatic. He rose from the dead. And by rising from the dead, he showed that he is the Lord. He showed that he could say, I am. He showed that he could say, I am the bread of life. That he was necessary to have to have life. And so his disciples who had turned away thinking maybe he was loony, maybe he was a liar, said, no, he's the Lord. He rose from the dead and people saw and people wrote about it. And that's why we have the gospel of John, because they saw that Jesus is the, the Lord. They saw it does make sense that Jesus said the wild, thi- wild things that he said. It does make sense that Jesus said, you need to take of this bread because without it, you die. It made sense because they saw who Jesus was. And so they were radically transformed and they lived for Jesus. So what is, and this is the fourth point, the first one was the seeming insanity of the statement 
the meaning of the statement, which we saw is Jesus is the bread of life. We need him to live. He's essential. The third one was the, the truth of the statement. The reality is Jesus is who he says he is. That's the truth of the statement. And then the fourth thing that we need to consider is what will be your response to the statement? Are you going to say, I need the bread. I know Jesus is the bread of life and without him I die. Without him I have no sustenance. Without him I have no satisfaction. Or are you going to go look for satisfaction and sustenance and life elsewhere? Some of the people turned away from Jesus because they said, you know what, I don't like the things he says and I'm going to turn away from him. Some of the people didn't like Jesus and so they turned away. And sometimes we do that today. We turn away from Jesus, even us in this church, even us who know who Jesus is. We seek for satisfaction. We, we seek for food elsewhere. There's life in this thing. And Jesus is saying, no, there's not life in those things. There's our temptation. Those are death. There's life in Jesus. The cross, Jesus provides life. One of the p- most powerful passages along these lines is Jeremiah 2.14. It, it stuck with me and been um, a powerful reminder for me. And I've used it in counseling a lot of times. Jeremiah 2.13 says this. It says, For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fount of living water, and hewed out cisterns for themselves, broken cisterns that can hold no water. So even us in the church, even us who know Jesus is the bread, we can turn away from Jesus who provides the sustenance, the satisfaction we need. Okay? There's fresh water here. Um, and we go, and we go to broken cisterns. That there's no life, there's no satisfaction in these broken cisterns. So the picture that I get when I think of that verse, Jeremiah 2.13, is you're jogging. You guys remember jogging? <laughs> I don't really. <laughs> but, but you're jogging, and what happens when you jog? You get thirsty, and you get tired, and you're like, I need some water. I just, I actually need some water right now, to be honest with you. But when I need water... You know where I'm, I'm going to get water? I don't go to the parking lot where you see like the, the rainbow and the water because of the oil. I don't go in the parking lot and lap up the water because that's disgusting. And it won't quench my thirst. It's going to cause problems in my stomach. It's probably going to cause more water to go out of my system, if you know what I mean. It's, it's not going to help me at all, okay? But that's what people do sometimes. They go to the broken cisterns. They go to the puddle that has like mosquito larvae in it, which is disgusting to think about. That's essentially what we do when we turn from the living water, which Jesus has provided in himself, and there's satisfaction, there's life in Jesus. He's the bread of life. He's the living water that, that we see in John 4. He's what we need, all of us. Let's not forget that. Let's not go to the broken cisterns. That is, it's wicked, it's wrong, it's not healthy, it will cause problems. And that's what, Jesus is trying to say to us. Look at verses um, 25 and um, 25 through 35 in in John 6. It says, When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me, not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not labor for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him God the Father has set his seal. Then they said to him, 
What must we do to be doing the works of God? Jesus answered them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. So they said to him, Then what sign do you do that we may see and believe you? What works do you perform? Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus then said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to, life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. So in this verse, you know, this is after, as we said, this is after Jesus feeds the, the 5,000 men, the some 15,000, 20,000 people, and they, they say to him, um, hey, Jesus, what, what, sign, what sign do you do so that we should follow you? I mean, remember, Moses gave us manna in the wilderness. So it seems like, what's going on here? It seems like they're coaxing Jesus. Jesus, you know, it's hard to believe in you. You're, you're, you're calling us to believe in you and follow you, but why should we believe in you? This is after... Jesus performed in a, a miraculous miracle. And it's the same people. They saw it. And then it just it strikes me that they're like, remember our fathers ate manna in the wilderness. So it's like, give us more food. That seems like what they're about. And I wonder sometimes if, if that's what we're about. You know, God, I know you provided Jesus. I know that he gives eternal life. I know, God, that you've done that miracle. I know, God, that you've shown your love, your grace, your mercy, and your power in the cross. But listen, I want, I want this other thing. That's great. Thanks for the cross. But I, I'll take money. I'll take happiness, and I want happiness now. I want to be healthy. I'd like my kids to not be the way they are. I'd like my spouse to not be, I mean, and the list goes on and on. And I wonder sometimes if, if God's up there and he's like, guys, I've given Jesus. I've given all that you need. It's there. The fountain of living water is there to drink from. And you're going to broken cisterns. Friends, let's not go to the broken cisterns. Let's go to Jesus. I'm talking to myself here too, right? The bread. Jesus is the bread. Let's go to Jesus. There is nourishment. There is life in him. Let's not use him for what we can get. Guys, he's what we need. He's totally what we need. So is, the, the, is Jesus a lunatic or is, a, is he the Lord? For it's he, he's the Lord. He's shown himself to be the Lord. So that's, let's go to him. So what does this mean today for you? This is kind of moving towards the conclusion, but I want us to think about like where you are at, where I'm at, what, what can we take with us? How should, we, how, how should we change as a result? The first thing, I think, is just the, the powerful point of going to Jesus. I really think even in the church sometimes, we go to other things. We go to other things like bread, 
and, and wealth. We go to those things. Let's not go to those things. Those things will not satisfy. We're not meant to find life in them, okay? We can have them. We can u- use them to bless others. But our life is about Jesus. He's the bread of life. That's, that's the first thing. The other thing is uh, this week, <clears throat> kind of a strange week, kind of a, a challenging week to be, to be frank. Um, I was at the, at the deathbed of three people from our church. Um, that number is, I think, more deathbed visits than I've ever had in my life. I mean, I'm relatively young. I've been in the ministry around 15 years. Um, I've done lots of funerals. But there, um, for three different deathbed experiences, and really three different situations, there was a, a lady that died that is a powerful testimony, has followed the Lord, known the Lord for a long time. Her husband cared for her well, um, fed her, wiped her mouth, you know, dotted over her, loved her. Someone else that um, his faith was a lot more shaky, but I believe he had trusted in the Lord. Um, there's another lady that I went and saw, I believe it was Monday night, and she had prayed to receive Christ a month prior. Her faith had not been there her whole life. But they, all of these three people, thankfully, I believe, trusted in the Lord for salvation. And the thing that's really comforting for me, and I think hopefully will be an encouragement for you, is those who take of the bread of life, no matter when, late, late stage, early stage, shaky faith, solid faith, they have abundant and eternal life. We actually see six times in the, the latter part of, of John, if people take of Christ, they have, they have life. So in verse 40, um, 40, it says this, believes in him should have eternal life. Verse 44, and I will write, raise him up on the last day. Verse 50, not die, it says. Verse 51, he will live forever. Verse, verse 57, he also will live because of me. Verse 58, the last part, will live forever. And then verse 68, Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. So friend, I don't, friends, I don't know what your life will hold. I don't know what challenges you will face. But I do know if you take of the bread of life, if you take Jesus and you believe in him, you will have eternal life. I don't know how long I have. I don't know how long you have. But because of who Jesus is, because he's not a liar, because he's not a lunatic, but because he is the Lord, because he is, I am. Jesus can do things like multiply the bread. He can do things like multiply the fish because he made fish. He made the oceans. He made the universe. And so I amazingly can trust that when I die, he can resurrect my body. And those people that I saw this past week that were wreathing with the jerks of death, guys, they will have glorified bodies. And I can trust that because the one who made all things said it. And he says, take of the bread of life. Don't go to the broken cisterns. And so, friends, may that be our prayer. I love um, the, this song, and then we'll close. 
um, Be Thou My Vision. It says this, and I think it's the fourth verse. It says, Riches I heed not, nor man's empty praise. Thou my inheritance, thou and always. High King of heaven, my treasure thou art. I think I said that wrong. I wrote it down from memory, and I don't, apparently it's not, not in there as it should be. But the point is, let's not be about riches nor man's empty praise, but let's be about thou, the one who is I am. Let's pray together.